Good evening, church. Our scripture passage this evening is from the book of Hebrews, chapter 3, verses 12 and 13. If you're using a pew Bible, you can find that on page 1062. 1062. Welcome to, I believe, Ross's parents are here. Welcome. Especially, uh, Ross, it's good to see your mom here. Especially. Hebrews chapter 3, verses 12 and 13. A few years ago, I had the opportunity to go skiing, backcountry skiing, with a guide in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. And prior to going out, I had to do avalanche training. I had to locate the emergency beacon, plugging through the snow with a stick, had to put the parachute on just in case something happened. I had never done anything like that before and found it fascinating. But if you're skiing backcountry out west in the spring and you haven't had avalanche training and you see a sign, do not enter, avalanche danger, that's a good thing. The warning sign is a very good thing. In fact, you embrace the sign. You're thankful for it. You're glad the sign is there. However, if you're one who likes adventure and you're prone to live on the edge and you want to be your authentic self, you may be tempted to ski it nonetheless. But hopefully you're skiing with a friend and that friend loves you and talks some sense into you so you both decide to ski down the mountain a different way. Well, in a similar way, our scripture passage tonight comes with a warning as well as with an exhortation. And why am I preaching these two verses tonight? Simply, I love our church. My wife and I have been here about 11 years. And we have grown individually. We've grown as a couple. We are seeing God do a work in our church. And we love it. And yet, there's a real imminent danger in all of us. In fact, in the book of Hebrews, there are at least seven major warnings in the book of Hebrews. That'd be a good little study to do sometime. Mark the seven major warnings in the book of Hebrews. We're just going to look at one of them tonight in chapter 3, beginning verse 12. Listen, there's in all of us, there is in all of us a bent towards sin. We know this, we feel this. We are sinners not because we sin, but we sin because we are sinners. And if we're not attuned to this, then we are in very grave danger. Brother and sister in Christ, friend, visitor, believe God, trust God. And what does it mean to trust God? It simply means we believe what God says and we fight to do what he says. We don't trust ourselves. We don't trust our feelings. And our text shows us how to do this. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 12. Two commands, first one's in verse 12, the second one's in verse 13, and that's our outline. Take heed, that's the first command, and then exhort one another daily, that's the second command in verse 13. So the first command, take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. Take heed, look carefully, not a casual look, but a deep discerning look at what at our hearts 
Why do we need to take heed and look deeply into our hearts? Well, there's this danger of having unbelief, not believing God, not trusting God, not thinking God is good. God has my best in store. That's a real danger. And it can lead us, if we're not careful, to fall away from the living God. Unbelief characterizes an evil heart. Just think about that for a minute. Every time we don't believe God, God says our hearts are evil. And that's in all of us. We have a heart disease. It's called depravity. right? We talk about total depravity, and I think we get it doctrinally. But think about that. Everything inside me is bent towards self-rule. Self-rule. Trust me, you do not want to be your authentic self. Not if you believe in total depravity. You want to be Christ-like. The result of having a heart in inner disposition that doesn't believe God, which God calls evil, is that we turn away from the living God. There's a real and present danger in this. When someone falls off a cliff, it's usually not done in one giant step, and they're going over the cliff. It's usually done by taking many little steps towards the cliff. The cliff never moves towards us. We move towards the cliff. We, don't, we do what we think makes us happy, even at the expense of disobedience to God's word. That's dangerous. One commentator says this, The author of Hebrews knows from Scripture that a falling away from God finds its origin, development, and an impetus in unbelief. Unbelief, characterized by mistrust and unreliability, first comes to expression in disobedience, which in turn results in apostasy. The signs of apostasy are hardening of the heart and an inability to repent. That is not good news, friends. Now, this doesn't mean there's no hope. On the contrary, we're told that there's a preventative medicine that helps us from having an evil heart. And that's in verse 13. But exhort one another. It's a beautiful word, parakaleo. Some of you know that. Para is a preposition like parallel parking, paratrooper. So you come alongside, parakaleo, to call. So we're called to come alongside one another, the church, and to exhort one another, to help one another, to encourage one another. So we do that daily while it is called today. And here's the reason. It's a purpose statement. So that none of you is hardened by sin's deception. Let's look at this verse this way. Look at it from the, from the beginning. And we'll go to the, the beginning, from the end to the beginning. Sin is deceptive. Sin is deceptive, and it will harden us. So exhort and encourage yourselves every day. You see that? The problem with deception is we can't see it. That's why it's deception. And really, I looked at a bunch of translations, and when it says, but exhort one another, it's really, literally, yourselves. Exhort yourselves. It's a reflexive pronoun. What that is saying is we are so integrated as a body, that we can exist independently. 
And you guys know the 1 Corinthians 12 analogy of the body of Christ. You would never see a foot by itself walking down the sidewalk. You would never see an eyeball just going down the sidewalk. Why? Because it can't exist. It's a part. It's not the whole. The whole is the body. We are the parts. We are integrated together. And so what we need to do is we exhort ourselves. This is why taking church membership seriously and covenanting with one another is so vitally important. You know, when we read our covenant this morning before taking communion, you think about what we're committing to do with one another. If I'm veering off the path, I'm expecting somebody to come into my life and say, hey, Lenny, you better wake up. And really, the idea here is the passive voice. And it means this. In this clause, we allow or permit ourselves to be hardened. Who in their right mind would allow themselves to become hardened? And it's not just a hardened heart. It's hardened, the whole person. My mind, my heart, my being. Listen, if sin is in my core being, and it is, and its desire is to consume me in ways that I may not even be able to see it, and it does, and God tells me there's a prophylaxis, a prevention, why wouldn't I listen to him and take it? Because sin deceives me. Sin deceives me. I can't see it. Now, forgive me for the golf analogy, but I was golfing with a brother recently, and for eight years we've been golfing, and he does something with his left elbow that you should never do, namely this. And I never said anything because he didn't ask me. And so he said, I don't know why I can't, why I'm having this. I said, do you want to know why? I said, you're bending your left elbow. He said, no, I'm not. Defensive right away. I go, okay. Want me to video you? I video him. He, he couldn't believe it. The, the next hole, we get there, and he's like, no, I'm going to be all over the place. I'm like, okay, there's nobody behind this. You get two shots. His first drive, he kept his elbow straight, 250 yards down the middle. The next drive, 265 down the middle. But what was so cool, after he hit it, he looked at me and he went, and I didn't even swing hard. The, the point I'm making here is he couldn't see it. It took somebody outside him to help him. And that's what we need as a church. If you're not connected to somebody in the church, brother, sister, you must be. Wake up. If you're not, you are in danger of going over the cliff. There's that danger in all of us. Isolationism is not the way to do it. Please heed the warning. Pay attention to what's going on in your heart. Let others who love you help you along the way. Proverbs 4.23 says a similar thing. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. You know, if you don't like what you see coming out of your heart, or your heart is not enthralled with the gospel, or you're looking for joy outside the boundaries of God's goodness, then that's a warning. All professing Christians are commanded to perform a self-analysis on our hearts. Are you doing that? Are you letting others speak into your life? When exhorted, 
Do you defend yourself? Or are you humble and receive it with thanksgiving unto God? Trust God. Believe God. Trust his word. Don't trust your feelings. Don't neglect the gathering of believers here. Turn over a few pages to chapter 12. Many of you are familiar with these verses. Hebrews, I'm sorry, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some is, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. I'm so grateful I have many friends in the church here uh, that are in my life. I'm in their life. It's tiring sometimes, but it's good. I wouldn't want it any other way. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Trust God. Believe God. I'm going to close by reading uh, Hebrews 3, 12 and 13 from a different translation. So just listen as I read it and pray that God's Spirit would take his word and settle in our hearts, in our minds, and think, Lord, am I doing this? Take care, brothers and sisters, that there not be in any one of you a wicked, unbelieving heart which refuses to trust and rely on the Lord, a heart that turns away from the living God, but continually encourage one another every day, as long as it's called today, and there is an opportunity, so that none of you will be hardened into settled rebellion by the deceitfulness of sin, its cleverness, delusive glamour, and sophistication. Let's pray. But you, beloved, build yourselves up in your most holy faith. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. And have mercy on those who doubt. Save others by snatching them out of the fire. To others, show mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained by the flesh. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling, to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy, to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen.